This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? So fantastic. Anybody else doing so fantastic? Ha 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 ha. So how many of you have ever done something to get somebody to like you? Just raise your hand. It doesn't matter if it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, if it's a friend group, whoever it is, just to get someone to like you, you do something. Maybe it was that you pretended that you were a huge fan of Taylor Swift so that that girl would really, really be impressed with you. And then she asked you what your favorite song was, and you were like, uh, I, I, I think that one, like, 21, uh, what is it? <laughs> yeah, 22, that's right. Yeah, all of them. That's always a good answer. So you had nothing to contribute to the conversation, and then it became really, really obvious that it was just an act. You were just doing it so she would like you. Or maybe you were trying to get a friend group to like you, so you started dressing a certain way or talking a certain way, but it wasn't because that was who you really were. You just did it so this group would approve of you. They would think you were cool. They would think that you were like them. Or maybe it was with a coach or even a parent. Maybe your mom was captain of the cheerleading squad in high school. And your whole life, all she's talked about is about you following in her footsteps. You're going to be just like her. So you try out for the squad. You You do it because that's what she expects you to do. You do it to make her happy. Not because you love cheerleading, not because that's a passion of yours, but you do it because that's what you want your mom to think. Or maybe you're like me, and some of you may not know this, but I was homeschooled until I was in fourth grade. So what that really meant was whenever I started going to public school, I really, 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 really wanted people to like me. I wanted to find a group of people that would like me. I wanted a friend group, and I would do almost anything to make sure that I had a group of friends who would accept me. The problem was, though, is I didn't really know what group of friends that I wanted to accept me. I didn't know if I wanted to hang out with the popular kids. Did I want to be a country kid? 
Did I want to be a part of the Scholar Bowl kids? Was I, did I want to be a part of, like, the super athletic, sporty guys? Like, I didn't know what I wanted. But what I did know is that I was going to do whatever it took to make sure that just one group would accept me. So I cycled through all the groups. I did it all. I tried everything. I would wear whatever new Hollister and Abercrombie was in just to fit in with the popular kids. And when that didn't work, I wore bootleg jeans and, and hats to fit in with the country kids. I joined all the groups, and I did Scholar Bowl just to fit in with some of the smart kids at school. I played sports, and I put basketball shorts under my jeans because you never know when it's time to hoop. You know what I'm saying? No matter who I was around, I was constantly transforming myself to try to fit in to who they were. The problem was, is I didn't know if I was ever actually being me. See, trying to get people to like us is normal because, like, who doesn't want to be liked by others? Like, if you're someone that wants people to dislike you, that's a little odd. Like, we all want to do everything we can to, to look as good as we can and to look as cool as we can to as many people as we can. We want to fit in. And maybe that sounds kind of crazy, but we're all doing it. In some ways, sometimes school can feel like, like 5% academics, 5% social life, and then 90% trying to fit in and get other people to like us. See, we, we all do it. And spoiler alert, this isn't something that just ends when you get out of high school or get out of middle school or get out of college. Like, this doesn't go away when you become an adult. Like, I can still totally relate to that feeling of, of wanting to, to look cool in front of people, to say the right things, and just to fit in to the right group of people. Man, it's why, it's why we dress the way we do. It's why we talk the way we do and listen to the things that we do every single day. We all know the feeling of, of seeking approval. And we all know how exhausting that is too. See, working to get people to like you is, is a full-time job. It's tiring. And no matter how good we become at it, we never feel completely satisfied about what we've accomplished. And usually, at the end of the day, we are still tired. So tired of trying to fit in. So tired of trying to get everyone to like us. So tired. But even more than being exhausting is, is this feeling that no matter what, that our efforts aren't enough. That it'll never be enough. Because there will always be that group of people or that coach or that teacher or even a parent whose approval will just feel out of reach. See, it doesn't matter how good our grades are, how well we did that last game or anything else. What we're hoping to get from that group of people will always be more than what we actually get. Because disappointment just feels inevitable in this. And for those moments when we do feel like we've gotten the approval that we want, there's the exhaustion of knowing now we have to work to keep that up. 
because now they approve of me. Now I have to keep it going. So maybe we finally make higher than a D in that one class that we've been struggling in. Or we get the game ball, or we make first chair, and it's really satisfying, and it's so rewarding, and you feel like you've accomplished something. Like we go to bed that night feeling like, like we're winning at life. We're winning. But then we wake up, and it starts all over. And you wonder, what if my grades fail and I get kicked off the team? What if I screw up at the next game and everyone blames me? What if the second chair gets better than me, is better than me and, and they, they take my spot and I'm no longer in first? See, it's, it's just depressing to think about which is why we're, we're talking about getting the pr- approval of others tonight. Because it's something that is killing us. Like you, you know it and I know it, that getting the approval of others is absolutely killing us. See, few things are more exhausting than trying to work for people to like you. It's the absolute opposite of freedom. See, if freedom is, is the ability to act without restriction, then working for the approval of others means living restricted by the expectations that others put on us. And the last time we met, we talked about how what we really want is to be free, right? Like we just want to be free. And that God wants the same thing for us. He wants us to be free too. But what do we do if the fight for approval takes up our entire lives, and, and keeps us from feeling anything but free. See, we're, we're going to take a look at the book of Galatians again tonight. This is where we started last week, and, and we're going to look at this letter that the Apostle Paul, he wrote to the people of Galatia. And there was, there was a lot of tension in the church because Paul, he had been there, he had taught them, but after he left, there had been other teachers who had ushered their ways in. And they had came in, and they were teaching something that was completely different from what Paul had taught them. See, Paul's message was, Jesus saved you. You're free from the pressure of, of keeping the law to be right with God. But these other teachers came in, these other guys came in, and they came around saying, no, not so fast. Actually, you kind of have to keep those Jewish commands too for that whole salvation thing to work. So don't listen to Paul. See, this, this made Paul really upset, which would make sense. Like, do you, do you remember when, when you were little and you would work for hours to create something? Maybe it was a Lego tower or a drawing or a puzzle that you were really proud of. And then maybe a younger sibling came by and with one move completely destroyed everything that you had been proud of and that you had made. Everything you'd been working on just got crushed because they decided they didn't like it. See, that feeling is the feeling Paul had when he heard what these other teachers were saying to them. He was mad because they had ruined the teaching he had given them and the teaching that had come straight from Jesus. This was Jesus' teaching See, Paul had to make a decision. Did he care more about getting people to like him or 
did he want people to know without a shadow of a doubt what Jesus came to do? To set us free from thinking that we had to earn God's approval. See, it was a decision between working for the approval of people or the approval of God. And Paul decided to write the Galatians this letter, and he opens the letter saying this. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. See, those are pretty blunt words. He's straightforward. He's saying exactly how he feels about this. And then he goes on to say this. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. You see, Paul is basically saying, I'm probably going to make you mad with what I'm about to say. I'm probably going to make you mad with what I have to say, and I'm going to set the record straight, but I'm not here for your approval. See, the truth is, Paul didn't exactly need any more enemies in his life. He had plenty already. He was on the run for his life throughout most of the New Testament. The Roman government was out to get him, but so were the Jewish religious leaders as well. So if anyone... If anyone had any excuse to work for the approval of people just to get some people off his back, it was Paul. He could have used some backup. He could have used some cheerleaders in his life. But Paul wasn't interested in building a team. He was interested in making sure that the message of Jesus got out to as many people as possible. And so he writes what he does to Galatia, not to win people over, but to make sure that the message of Jesus wasn't lost, that it wasn't forgotten. He took a risk. He, he jeopardized the relationship, and he risked hurting their feelings with what he was saying. But why? Why would he risk that? And it was because the message of Jesus was on the line. And the message was freedom from sin can happen without the burden of people having to make the relationship with God right through following some, some to-do list. See, Paul wrote these words at the very start of his letter to the Galatians because he wanted to make sure, he wanted to make it absolutely clear what his intentions was. Let's go back and look again. He says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. See, there's no getting around this at all. Paul was more concerned with what God had to say than with what people had to say. He was way more concerned with how God saw him. And maybe you, you hear that and you think, well, that's kind of harsh. Like, he doesn't care what other people think about him. But Paul didn't see that as a past to just be a jerk to people. In fact, going after God's approval meant that he was behaving like God does. And God was and is, above, is about, he's about love. He's about acceptance and belonging. You see, Paul's harshness towards the teachers in Galatia was because they were shrinking God down. They were minimizing God and they were misrepresenting what God was like. 
Paul was saying, God's better than that. And I'm not going to stand by and stand idle while you make God into something that he isn't. So if anything, what he was doing, going after the approval of God, it raises the bar of our behavior. It raises how we treat other people. It doesn't minimize how we treat people. It raises the bar. You see, going after the approval of God does not mean losing the respect of others. In fact, the the very next verse, Paul addresses the church in Galatia as brothers and sisters because he loved them and he cared about them. He cared about his relationship with them. See, Paul said what he said because he cares about the church, because he cares about the people that are in the church. And more than that, and more than what they thought about him, Paul cared about what they thought about God. That was what was most important to him. So at a risk of of hurting feelings for, for saying that the other teachers were wrong, Paul told the truth of what God was like. Paul was basically saying, There's a difference between caring about something and then being controlled by it. You can care about something without being completely controlled by it. See, he cared about the people who made up the Galatian church. He cared about the influence that he had in their lives. He cared about influence with them, but he was not controlled by the need for for their approval. And that small difference, just that small difference in how he saw it is what kept him from being controlled by whether or not they approved of him. Because Paul knew what he really wanted. And what the people of Galatia really wanted was freedom. And freedom can can never be found for all the right people to approve you. Because, Because of God, we get this awesome thing. Because of God, we're free to to make God's approval our first priority. See, of course, that, that sounds easier than it actually is to actually live out. Like, that's difficult for some of us. So for the next just few minutes, I want to get really specific about what it looks like to be controlled by the approval of others instead of God. And remember that, that living for the approval of others isn't just about what we do. It's about what motivates us to do what we do. See, both matter. So the first thing is if you are willing to, to say things about other people or do things with other people that you wouldn't do if you were alone, or that goes against that voice that's in the back of your mind that tells you that you should stop talking like that or stop doing that or stop laughing at that person, you may be controlled by the approval of others. If you're saying things and doing things that you wouldn't do if they weren't around, then you're probably controlled by their approval. If the emotions of your whole day or your whole week are determined by how that one coach or that one teacher, that group of friends responds to what you say or how you play or how you perform on a test, and it changes how you feel about yourself, then you are probably controlled by the approval 
of others. See, if you find yourself more judgmental of others and less accepting, and if you find yourself feeling like that you are better than certain people, so you may care more about the approval of others than what God thinks. Because God is not that way at all. See, and these things matter for a couple of reasons. Because living for the approval of others will eventually start to control you. And it's going to be contributed to the absolute opposite of freedom in your life. See, that's not what God wants for you at all. But even more than that, living for the approval of others, is, it's just a miserable way to live. It's miserable. There's nothing fun about it. It's like being caught on a hamster wheel that you can never get off of, and you're just running and running and running, and you never get a break. You never get to rest. And God is way better than that. Here's what we need to remember. This is what we need to remember. It's that God has loved and accepted us no matter what. We don't have to work for that. But working for God's approval means living in a way that honors him. Who we are is accepted, and that doesn't change no matter what we do. So no matter what we do, God doesn't change the way that God sees us. God stays the same all the time. But there are things we do that God will and will not approve of. It doesn't change what God thinks about you. See, that's already taken care of. But if you're doing something that, that hurts yourself, that hurts someone else, or hurts a relationship, God doesn't approve because God knows that's not best for you. It's not who God wants you, wants you to be. See, when we know that we are already accepted, we're already approved by God, working for God's approval is a lot easier because it's not a burden anymore. See, we can do it in freedom, knowing, knowing that God's thoughts about us, they don't change. See, the problem with living for the approval of others is that the approval and acceptance can feel like the same exact thing. We aren't living in freedom, but we're just tied to what other people think of us. And that's just absolutely no way to live. See, the truth is, is that just like the approval of others can feel like it's based on the acceptance of others, it's really easy to confuse God's approval and God's acceptance. In fact, some of you here, you may think that God could never accept you. You may think that God could never love you because of what you've done in your past or what you're currently doing. You think that you have to do something or work towards something for God to include you. But there's a difference between acceptance and approval. Accepted is who you are, no matter what. See, Jesus' death on the cross, it shows you, it shows you exactly how much God loves you. Without you having to do anything at all, See, God isn't waiting for you to do anything except just realize how much God already loves you and is for you. And once we realize that, 
once we see that the cross is this demonstration of God's love for us, then we desire to live in a way that reflects God and God's love. So we repent of the things that we've done. We confess and admit that that we don't always make decisions that God approves of. That we hurt others sometimes. We hurt ourselves by making choices that aren't the best. We admit that our sin has kept us from the life that God wants for us. And then we begin to model Jesus. We begin to model his actions by living in a way that God does approve of. See, that's what it means to follow Jesus. That's what it means to be a Christian. We live knowing that Jesus proved that we are loved and we're accepted. And we live behaving in a way that that uses this freedom that we've been given for God's approval and nobody else's. See, knowing that we are already accepted, it makes living for God's approval something that we get to do. It's not a burden that makes us fearful of God. It doesn't make us scared that God will stop loving us. So what does living for God's approval look like? See, Paul tells us this. He says, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. See, living for God's approval means that you are freely accepted, and in your freedom, you should live in a way that honors God. Paul doesn't mean to not care about anyone else. And he doesn't mean that God's approval changes how God already sees you. Paul means that you're living with one person's approval in mind. And that's only God. That's it. God's already accepted you. You don't have to work for it every day. You don't have to wear the right clothes. You don't have to put on the right shoes. You don't have to say the right things all the time. You don't have to do that. God's already accepted you. He's not like the group of friends that doesn't like you. He's not like that coach who only sees you for your performance. See, working for God's approval is all that matters. And if we lose sight of that, you're just going to be exhausted. You're going to be insecure. You're going to be anxious. And all of that work to get other people to give us is what God has already given you. We're working so hard for the acceptance from people and the acceptance that God has already given us. You don't need to give others. You don't need others to give you what God already has. You don't need others to give you what is God's to give. So you don't need their approval because the God who made you already accepts you. God's feelings for you don't change. So God's approval is the only one that matters. The only one. And before we go back into worship, I want you to imagine. Imagine how different your life would be if you didn't feel the pressure to, to work for the approval of anyone else. Just think about it for a second. 
What would it look like if you started today to live like God's approval was the only one that matters? How much less stressed, less tired, less fake, and less worried would you be every single day? See, it sounds pretty awesome when we imagine that. It feels good to think about that. See, that's what Paul wanted for the Galatians. He wanted them to know that God accepted them and that living in a way that God approved of was all that mattered. See, this would have helped them see that God is even better than they could ever imagine. So think about that tonight. That God is better than you can ever imagine. That you're already accepted. And you don't need to work for that anymore. Living for his approval is all that matters. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much that you accept us. We thank you so much that we don't have to do anything for that acceptance that right where we are, in our messiness, in our sin, in our failures, Lord, that you say, come here, that you love us, and that never changes. I pray that, I pray that we would really, truly get that, that it wouldn't just be words to us, but that we would know how much you love us and that you proved it by sending Jesus and then proved it even more by him dying on a cross for our sins I pray that we stop working for the acceptance of others. That we know we're already accepted by you. And that we instead change our lives to live for the approval of you. Because you're the only thing that matters. I pray that you'll let everyone know just how much you love them, how much you care about them. And you'll continue working in their lives and build a fire in them. It's in your name we pray. Amen.